you for listening to Play On The Out podcast. For this episode, I'm going to be talking to two of the crew members of Persephone, Emma, the show's director, and Anna, uh, the show's producer. I'm Noah, and we're going to get stuck in with a discussion of all things Persephone and musicals related. So if you could just introduce yourself, your your role in the production, uh, I suppose perhaps any other information you want to give as well. Um, I'm Emma, I'm the writer, director and set designer on Persephone. I'm Anna, I am the producer, just one role. <laughs> just one role, okay, Emma's taking Sorry. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're now really close to seeing Persephone at the Playhouse. Uh, how has the production process been for both of you? You know, how far back did you start thinking about this show? I started thinking about the show when Emma first pitched it to me about, I think, two years ago. It was during Chicago, so it would have been almost two years ago now. But I know Emma has been working on it for a lot longer. I've been working on it for about six years in terms of writing, kind of on and off. And then, yeah, production probably started talking about it with Anna like a couple of years ago. And then we got Carrie, the composer, on board about 18 months ago, I think-ish. And I just kind of spiralled from there. So that that six years of writing, was that from the idea coming? Was that that you were even developing a script then? What what was happening in that six years? Yeah, so I kind of started off wanting to write a musical and I wanted to write something about Greek mythology because I thought it lended itself well to Greek, um, to musical theatre. I thought kind of a high drama and everything. And I mean, I was doing like GCSEs and A-levels and stuff, so it wasn't like full-time writing, but kind of when I had a spare moment, I kind of pick it up and kind of play around with these characters. And then I guess it started formalising as like a Persephone, Hades story probably about four years ago or so and it's had I'd say like it's had four ages it's had like different kind of stories and different plot lines um but the current one we've got running has been going for about a year now so I suppose how do you then start transferring that into an actual production how did you then get about about uh, bidding for this I believe did you have a workshop is, is that right yeah <laughs> I'm a first-time writer I have anything of this scale definitely before and I was I definitely want to workshop it with cast and kind of see how it sounds in the mouths of actors and so on so we decided to kind of before we bid for anywhere just to spend a couple of terms workshopping the show and trying to like see how it sounds which was very helpful because we cut a lot of characters and we changed the show quite a lot and I think it's definitely got a lot better as a result of it and then I guess we were kind of like working on the production side of it as we were going on and I, I don't mind if you want to like cut in on the production side? I, I just I just wanted to say it was actually really good timing given that we were able to do the workshopping during um I think first or second lockdown. I don't know, I, I lost track. Um, but we were able to do sort of online auditions and do everything online. We were planning to have a um, semi-staged reading at the end. There was uh, lockdown number three or again lost count. Um, and we didn't do that, but it was still really helpful to be able to do something um, during that period. And was performing at the Playhouse always the aim? Did you look at other venues or did you want to do a, a show at the Oxford Playhouse? It was the kind of thing that <laughs> I was like to people, I've got a musical that I really want on stage. And the next question would be, oh, where do you want to put it on? And I'd be like, the Playhouse. And they'd be like, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Everyone was spoken to. And I think me, myself included, were like, you can't put on an original musical at the Playhouse. Just please don't make me do this. Um, but then the, the thing is, like, once both me and Emma put our minds to it, we, we can be both very like, incredibly stubborn. So we didn't just... I think also we, like, looked at the show and we were like, what venue does this actually need to make it work? And I think we did come down to the decision that the Playhouse is the only venue for, like, 
this version of the show for it to work. I'm sure we could condense it or change it to adapt it to different venues, but in its purest version, I think it is a Playhouse show. Great. So if we, if we go back to 2019, when you both first uh, founded your production company, Jazz Hands Productions, and put on Chicago, uh, for a production company that has since stayed Shakespeare and you writing, you're now doing a musical, but why was it a musical that you chose for your very first show? It was actually our, um, it's actually our second show. Our second, oh, um, that's, sorry, that's my bad. No, no it's okay. It's, so our very <laughs> first show was in fact a musical. Um, it was Chicago in... Um, Mathemus yep. 20 God 19 um, at the O'Reilly. That was still a very large show for our first time as a company, um, which we very quickly realized as soon, as soon as the term started. But hey, show must go on. Um, and it was a great show. Uh, we're both very glad we did it. And we're very glad we did that before going to the Playhouse. Otherwise, we would have been very scared and confused right about now. The idea that came out of that was I was assistant directing Dagenham at the time, which is at the Playhouse. And I got really drunk one night and I was just hanging out with friends and I was like, I really want to do Chicago. I think my cell block tank broke. I really want to do Chicago. And I it was then like, I need a producer. And so like I asked around and I think through like a friend of a friend of a friend, someone was like, I found this girl called Anna who loves Chicago and is a producer and might want to work with you. And like they put us in touch and like the rest is history. <laughs> That's the story behind Chicago. I can I can only say that we both got incredibly lucky because I had incredibly little producing experience, if any, at that time. I was actually part of the Albert New Writing Festival in 2019 in January when it was a sort of a small series of BT shows. And that was my first experience actually producing. Um, and it was the sort of supervisor producer. We were kind of like mentee producers at the time. And it was her that, that put me in touch with Emma via probably two other contacts. Yeah, it just sort of happened, but it was a sort of a, a series of decisions which got us there. And it's that kind of thing where if you if either of us had taken a different decision at any point, we probably wouldn't have been here. So, I mean, I, I can agree about Chicago being a great show. I've been in a production myself. It's it's brilliant. But what is it? I suppose. What is it about the musical form that you keep coming back to? You know, Emma, you've when I look at the shows you've directed as a student, you've kind of worked on Chicago, uh, taught Maiden Dagman there, Little Shop of Horrors, I think you've worked on before the pandemic and now Persephone. Why is it the musical that you keep coming back to? I think it's a couple of things. I mean, one is just, it's a lot of fun. Um, I've done a couple of comedies before I did musicals and then I did musicals and then I did like a straight play and it was just so boring in comparison. I was like, why would anyone do a straight play? Um, That's so mean, Emma. <laughs> like in rehearsals, it's just so challenging musicals. I think it's also partly because I come from a dance background. I'm like a dance actor rather than a singer actor. And so I quite like doing shows that have heavy dance movement components. And that's mainly musicals. Like I'm starting to look at more kind of straight play-esque things that have movement in them. But for now, it's quite nice mm. doing musicals. And also they're more collaborative because you have like an MD and a composer working, uh, not composer, choreographer working with you which is really nice. Yeah, I very much agree musicals are just more fun to work on. So I, I didn't think I'd be interested in anything to do with dance going into Chicago because I am that kind of person that has absolutely no coordination whatsoever. Um, and when someone puts music, I'm just kind of like moving my limbs in ways. Um, anyway, so then I didn't think I'd, I'd enjoy dance-based things, but then it's really nice to see like different, different performing arts come together on stage. And then we've discovered that with films as well. And then with radio plays, it's really nice to see all of those like sort of multimedia and combining different things and seeing the end result. So 
Anna, you've, you've now produced many different productions across your, your time as a student. How has producing Persephone compared? Does each show demand a different style of producing? Uh, how long have you got? <laughs> um, I don't think it demands a different style, but my own producing style is changing constantly just because I learn what to do a lot better. So when I start, when you start off on a BT show, you kind of just do everything in the show. And if someone doesn't do their job, then that's fine. I'll just do it. It's just, you know, the set is probably two boxes. This is not a problem. Um, but then as you move further up and you get to larger themes, there is no way you can do other people's jobs. So there's a there's a much larger part of sort of managing a team and leadership and just understanding people and how they work. Um, and then the reason the producing style changes constantly is that I'm getting, I hope, better at figuring that out. But it's there's still a long way to go. People are scary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, how do you manage to direct such a large and expansive cast and crew? I mean, you might say that you haven't mastered that yet. You probably haven't. But, you know, how can you try and keep control of a production of this scale? So the way I do it is I start with a much smaller theme. And then that theme are sort of heads of departments. So then I work on the entire production, the kind of the general vision and strategy for things with them. And then we get um, various assistants and sort of sub departments um, that sort of those sort of roles on board. But then I don't manage those. It's the various heads of departments that manage them. And so basically, rather than me having my hands now in like about like man sort of balancing 50 different plates, I kind of balance about 10 and then the rest of the plates are balancing on top of that. Does that make any sense? It's a weird analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Emma, so in terms of directing, I mean, here you are directing a script that you have started writing, you know, six years ago. Does that make, does that require a different approach to direction to say when you're directing the work of Cantor and Urban, Bob Fosse? Yeah, it's really weird and it's kind of been an odd process because I've never directed something I've written before. But it's been quite nice because to some extent, like normally I'd have to do like one or two hours of dramaturgy and stuff and script research before every rehearsal to kind of get an understanding of what's going on. And I don't need to do that because I've already done it for six years. But it's kind of a different vibe in the rehearsal room because we have more freedom to kind of change and adapt things. And obviously we're kind of creating these characters from the ground up, which is really nice. So there's like a lot of collaboration in the rehearsal room and like particularly with the cast, like we've got a few people who were from the workshops who we've kind of carried over into this cast. And like, we've found some scenes that we've hit and we've just been like, actually it's still not working. Should we just improv for an entire rehearsal? And we can like make voice recordings and then rewrite it overnight kind of thing, which is really nice. Cause particularly with these big musicals like Chicago and stuff, you can't change anything. Even if you like hit something that's slightly problematical, you have to just make it work for you. So yeah, it's quite nice. So uh, Jazz House Production is now active since 2019 and I suppose you were were doing some things in the kind of lockdown period. You've done radio plays, you know, a, a kind of dance project filmed remotely. Has the process of lockdown changed how you now approach live theatre with an audience? Have you come to Persephone and felt actually that your approach to directing and producing has shifted as a result of lockdown? I think I've got a much better appreciation of character work because it's like all we could do during lockdown. <laughs> like, I've missed blocking and kind of physical movement because yeah as I said before coming into drama as like a physical movement director going back to just voice work is quite interesting but I guess it's also just an appreciation for the three-dimensionality of in-person theatre and like the possibilities there. I don't know about you, Anna. 
my only real change is that I now appreciate online meetings a lot and they're just so much easier and I'm probably going to stick to some level of online meetings going forward just because they're so much more convenient and booking rooms is hell and oh um, <laughs> but aside from that there is no side of online work and online only work that I enjoyed none there's a certain element of just working with people that you don't get when you do it online I think that that encapsulates the difference between a director and a producer doesn't it that the director is concerned about <laughs> drama and metaphorical character work of the producers on the organization of online meetings so yeah. <laughs> uh, this series of the play on podcast is all about you know opening up drama to a new student and freshers do you have any advice on freshers wanting to perhaps direct and produce and work on musicals particularly how can they first get involved in the musical form I think from a directing point of view what really helped me was kind of working backstage on other musicals I mean I was incredibly lucky that I got an assisting role on a playhouse show and there's only like one or two of those a year available which I know is really difficult but even if you get on a show as like I don't know a costume assistant ASM so assistant stage manager quite often directors are pretty open to letting you just sit in and rehearsals so if you are interested in directing and that's the only kind of role you can get like message the director be like is it okay if I sit in a couple of rehearsals and just kind of learn from them and absorb what they're doing because that's really helpful. Go to production meetings because you learn so much from those. And beyond that, just kind of get stuck in and kind of talk to as many people as possible. Because particularly like the first step of a director is trying to find a producer, I think, or at least that's the hardest step. And the best way to do it is just to try and meet people and get to know like the grapevine of people who can help you out. And there's a lot of people in ALDS who can do that as well. So if you don't know where to start, go to the ALDS people. Yeah, and my advice is much the same as that. I actually started by doing marketing um, and doing various stage um, roles as well. And it's really helpful as a producer to understand all sides of a production. Because if you just go in and you you go, I want to produce, then that's great. But you, you can't properly manage a team unless you understand what that team does. Like obviously there will be, you know, there will be experts in lighting and sound and a set, etc. Uh, you do need to listen to them, but you also you need to help them out when needed, and you need to have sort of oversight of the production process. So it's really helpful to do other roles before going into producing. And also, yeah, meeting people is really helpful. Um, I wouldn't have gotten involved with Chicago unless I had been in the New Writing Festival and met. Um, that uh, producer that introduced me to Anna. There are usually a lot fewer producers than there are directors. So don't worry about not being able to do a show because you will be. They, they are looking for us and they want us. So, you know, just if you're organised and like making things happen, then definitely get into producing. So as a, a final question, I, I always find as a person that loves musical theatre, uh, that people can be very down on it. It's a kind of, uh, you know, I hate musicals, they're not for me. So what's the one musical that you could recommend someone to convince them that musical theatre can be for them? This is like horribly self-promoting and I'm already hating myself that I'm going to say this. <laughs> I have a little anecdote, which is we were at Freshers Fair and our assistant director, Nina, I think it was, um, met this girl who was like, I hate musical theatre because everyone's so happy and it's so insufferable, all these happy people. And Nina was like, oh, Persephone's all about depressing people. You can come and see it because... Um, I mean, not to make Persephone sound depressing, but like there are some pretty heavy themes in it and it is quite sobering, I think. It's not like anything goes where everyone's happy and there's a tap note. <laughs> so like, if that's the reason you don't like musicals, come and see Persephone. Okay. Is it too late to add a tap number? I really want to add a tap number. We were thinking about it in rehearsal, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> if not, I'd say falsettos because it's just- Falsettos, yeah. 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 
What's the musical that would best convince someone of the benefits of musical theatre as a form? My favourite musical is actually Anything Goes, which um, is ironic given that Emma just gave it as an example of a happy musical with a tough number. But I just really love it. It's they're really escapist. Um, and if if someone presents me with a really like with a straight play about um, the meaning of life, I would just start questioning my life and probably be sad. But you know, with a musical, it, it's because of that the because of the random bursting into song that makes it sound not real, even if the, the themes are quite sobering and we do have some content warnings associated with the musical, which I'm sure will be in the description of this video. Even, even when all of that is the case, it's just more beautiful as a form of art, I think. So I know I said a lot, but I think the nice thing about musicals is they have a life outside of the theatre as well, because you can listen to the soundtrack. And so it's kind of like, it's not just this one experience you have, you can kind of keep revisiting it, which is really nice. That's very true. I listen to musical soundtracks constantly. It, it does. <laughs> it, it brings you closer to the material, doesn't it? So where can we find out more about Jazz House Productions? How can we get tickets to see Persephone? To find out more about Jazz House Productions, <laughs> you can follow any of our social media. Uh, we have Facebook, two Instagrams and Twitter and recently TikTok. Sorry about that. Um, we have a website, uh, jazzhandsworld.co.uk. And to find out more about Persephone, head to either our website, any of our social media or the Playhouse website. We are on this week, Thursday to Saturday, five shows. Okay. It was great to watch Emma just lean back as the producer took over the question. I was <laughs> like, ah, am I forgetting something? <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, both of you. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for listening to the OWDS podcast, hosted by Kirsty Miles. Our editors are Hannah Gallardo-Parsons and Sheila Atuona, and marketing led by Anya Braithwaite. The podcast is produced by Charlotte Baxendale, Noah Wilde and Lizzie Carr. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do get in touch on oudspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at oudspodcast. And don't forget to subscribe. Music.